Welcome to the Disruptions in Oregon Real Estate Podcast with your host, Renee Nelson, helping you stay in the driver's seat of your investment portfolio. As a commercial real estate broker and investor herself, author Renee Nelson's passion is to keep your hard-earned real estate investments working for you. Her goal is to help Oregon real estate investors analyze and measure the value of their current real estate portfolio while exploring available opportunities. And now your host, Renee Nelson. Hi, Barry. How are you doing? I'm really good. Hey, let's talk about the apartment market in Eugene and Springfield. Okay, you've got a little story to tell us, right? I do. Tell us a story, please, Renee. (laughs) (laughs) So I recently received a call from an investor out of the California area. She has owned a fairly large, a couple of hundred unit apartment complex in Eugene. Yes, it's really big. A couple of hundred units. And she's owned it for over 30 years. And she wants to retire. She just wants to cash in, take the money and run. So she Googled how to sell an apartment complex in Eugene. And I popped up because, you know, I do a lot of promotion and I have on my website that I help people buy apartments, sell apartments, buy RVs, buy Mm -hmm. mobile home parks, because that's really my niche is the multifamily world where it's apartments, mobile home parks and RV parks. So she called me and said, I'm interested in selling this apartment complex. And I was able to walk her through how I go through that analysis. So do you want to talk about that? Please. Yes. I'm from out of state. I've got, I've got a complex. I don't know the first thing about how to sell that. How do we do it? So the first thing that I like to do is find out a little bit of details, like okay. how long have they owned it? Do they have an on-site manager? Have they done any recent capital expenses, like added new roofs or completed siding? You know, just a general, sure. just like to get a general arms around the property. Find out how many units, how long have they owned it? And then what I like is I ask that, client to send me a current rent roll and the last three years of their operating statements. Current rent roll is how far back? I like within the last 30 to 60 days. Okay. And basically what I'm looking for is twofold. I'm looking for how much are they pulling in rents because I want to compare their current rents to the market rents. And then I also want to see, are the tenants month to month or are they on year long leases? And when was the last rent increases? So when I analyze a property, I'm looking at it through the eyes of a potential buyer, even though I'm analyzing it for the seller, because we have to have what I call defendable numbers. Okay. Those questions will come up as a buyer. So, and you mentioned real quickly about three years, what was it? Three years taxes? Three years of their tax statements. So- Uh, people will either file their real estate under a Schedule E if it's in their personal tax return, or if they own the property in the name of an LLC, then they'll typically have that in their Form 8825, which is the LLC tax return. That's very common, right? It is. Most people own larger complexes in particular in an LLC because it gives you that protection that Mm -hmm. if something happens on the property, let's say- Well, I had a client that had a property up north and one of the tenants kidnapped his girlfriend and, you know, there was some domestic abuse issues there. And luckily the lady came out okay, but 
you know, there were some issues there. So if you have violence or something that happens on your property, you want to make sure that your liability and exposure is limited to just the assets that are in that LLC. LLCs are really important, aren't they? It really is. Because if you have other assets like other real estate, other property, or even cash, your personal residence, you want to really protect that. Mm -hmm. And that's where a good real estate attorney comes into play because they're going to advise you how to put each property in an LLC. Okay. So you look for the rent roll, you look for the taxes. What else? Yep. And then I also like to see the most recent year-to-date operating statement from either the property manager or the individual owner. When most units get about 40 units or bigger, I see that most owners use a professional property manager. Understandable. Yeah, because, you know, that's a big complex and there's lots of tenants, there's lots of things to deal with. So I like to see, so we're just starting in the year 2020. I asked this particular person to give me her year to date through 2019, the income and the operating expenses from her property manager. And the reason I needed that is she hasn't, of course, filed her tax returns yet, but I needed to see how the property performed for last year. And the reason that I do that deep analysis is I'm looking for trends, So I've built this um, unique software system where I have the ability to analyze and basically spread three or four years worth of tax returns. I'm looking for trends for income and expense. I'm looking to see if the expenses are higher than what is industry norm. Because what I see for a lot of buyers is they always think, oh, that seller doesn't know what they're doing. I can operate that property more efficient. Well, is that really true? The only way we're really going to know that is to do a deep dive analysis and take a look at that property. As a buyer, is there a way, is there any sort of documentation on how the property management company has been dealing with uh, with issues with the renters? Yeah, that is a great question. So when I represent a buyer, we put together a document requesting certain things from the seller once our offer is accepted and we're in our due diligence period. So typically you're given 25 to 30 days to do the complete due diligence on a property. And so what I do with my clients is we look at the rent roll, we look at the leases, but then in addition to that, I also ask that the seller provide any documentation that they have where there has been a complaint by a tenant to either the city, the state, or a federal agency, as well as the labor and bureau. Because if you've got a tenant that's going to make a complaint, they may make it at the state level, but they may also make a complaint at the level called BOLI. It's Bureau of Labor in Management. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones where tenants can make a complaint against a landlord. And so I just put in writing that we want anything that would affect the property itself, property ownership or any future claims against the property. So if the landlord has been notified that they're going to be sued or if they have a disgruntled tenant, we want to know that now going into it. I think that gives you a good cross section of not only the management company, but also the tenants that live there. If there's a ton of complaints from certain tenants and stuff like it's just kind of nice knowing that as a buyer going into the situation. It really is because that also helps us understand Is it the tenant mix or is it the lack of attention from a property manager? Mm -hmm. That's pretty rare in Eugene Springfield right now. I feel like every property manager is really working hard to meet the needs of the owner and also meet the needs of the tenant. I haven't heard any bad complaints recently. I just think most property managers are working really, really hard right now to just keep a happy home front for the tenants and also manage the property well for owners. What's the next step? 
So after I get the rent roll and the tax returns, then it takes me a day or two to analyze that property. You know, if it's 20 units, I could do that fairly quickly. But Mm -hmm. when it's 100 to 200 units, that's a pretty deep dive that I'm doing. And I'm analyzing it several ways. So the first thing that I look at, I kind of call it um, almost like forensic accounting because I'm looking back over the last three years of how the property has performed. And I'm looking for those trends and I'm looking to see have the expenses been what I call market or industry level? Are they in line with what everybody else is using to use for maintenance and repair, property management, utilities? Mm -hmm. And then I look at going forward if I'm a buyer. So now I look at it through the eyes of a buyer and that is where my defendable numbers come into play. Because if I represent a seller and I give them a most probable sales price and we get an offer from a buyer, I have to be able to help my seller defend those numbers to both an appraiser, a lender, the buyer, the buyer's agent. So I really do a deep dive and I look at recent sold properties that have occurred in the last six to 12 months. Those are called sales comps. In that area? Typically, what I will do is go through Eugene Springfield. Okay. I try not to go out of Lane County because sure. I don't feel like it's really fair to compare a property in Eugene to something in Salem. Okay. I'll see appraisers do that sometimes. If it's really, really big, there was a 300-unit apartment complex that sold December 31st for like $51 million, and they did have to go out of Lane County to pull one or two of those comparables. Because, okay. you know, that's a 300-unit complex is pretty big for yeah. Eugene. Yeah. Okay, so you compare. Yep, so then we compare and we look at like and similar properties that have sold. And what I'm doing there is I'm looking for trends. I'm looking at price per unit. I'm looking at the sales price. And then I'm looking at the cap rate that was used. So to refresh everybody's memory, a cap rate is a snapshot of how a property performs at this date in time. It's not five years down the road. It's not even two years down the road. It's today. If I bought this property today, how would this property perform for me as the buyer? And I use a cap rate. So the cap rate is not something that you can Google or look up. The cap rate is set by the market. And that's one thing that I'm pretty engaged with because I continually talk to other brokers and appraisers to find out what are they looking at properties and what are cap rates for properties that they're bringing onto the market or selling because that helps set the price per square foot and the price per unit. The higher the cap rate, the better? When the cap rate goes up, that is a better rate of return for the buyer but that also can drive the price down. So cap rates can be tricky, and I like to really look at what's happened over the last six months for cap rates because a cap rate can change pretty quickly. And the other thing you have to look at with cap rates is it's based off of the condition of the property. So it's not just the net operating income. If the property is older and has some deferred maintenance, that's gonna have a higher cap rate. And the reason is there's more risk. So in a healthy market, like right now where we're at in Eugene, a lot of the multifamily properties, apartment complexes are selling off market. They don't hit the open market where they're not listed in LoopNet or CoStar or some of the other traditional marketing sites that we use. Because a lot of people, brokers in particular, I have what I call a silent market. So I have a list of buyers that are looking to buy who are 
pre-qualified or cash buyers and they say when you see 60 units that are 1970 or newer call me i want to buy them so it's a case of supply and demand it's just such a hot demand right now it is and i have a whole list of sellers that have that i've analyzed their properties and they've said i'll sell but i don't want to openly market my property they don't want their property manager to know or more importantly their tenants to know sure. that they're marketing the property and so i call that my silent market because they the sellers will call me we'll do a deep dive analysis i'll give them a most probable sales price and then they'll say yes i'm interested So I'll give you an example. I have a client right now that has a newer property in the campus area. It's 32 beds. It's within two blocks of walking distance to campus. So I mean, two blocks to campus. It's in the $4 million range, but he doesn't want it openly marketed because students, you know, they're tech savvy. So they're Googling all the time and they're on the web and everything else. They can get information pretty quickly. Yes. And he doesn't want his student tenants to see that and think, oh my gosh, you know, the apartment I live in is going to be sold. They're going to jack my rent up because you can't do that anymore. You can't jump those rents up. And most students are in a 12 month lease, so they're protected, but they're young. So they don't know that. A little panic sets sets in. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So a lot of my sellers just say, I want to sell, but I don't want to openly market it. And so I have this list of silently available properties. And in the last 12 months, I've done probably $35 million in real estate that I have helped my clients either buy or sell that has never hit the market. Wow. So that's that's what a silent market is. Okay, Real quickly, back to the cap rate. Is there a particular cap rate range that you're looking for? Yes, thank you. Right now, on an average, we're seeing cap rates around 5 to 5.5%. That's kind of the average cap rate. So... As an example, if it's lower than that, if it's like four and a half percent, what that indicates is that seller is being aggressive and they're asking for a high price and the cap rate is low. Well, here's the problem. If a buyer needs financing, they're going to go to a bank or a credit union in town and the banks and credit unions right now are loaning interest rates around 4.25. So if you're buying at a four and a half percent cap rate, and you're borrowing money at 4.25, the spread isn't enough. There's too much risk in relation to buying that property. Well, you're looking for a little cash flow, aren't you too? Yeah. 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 And you think the cash flow is not there with, the, the, with those numbers. That's exactly it. And and typically what I see there is the seller is happy with their property. They'd sell it if the right person came along, but they're happy enough that they don't want to get in line with market reality, mm-hmm. um, which I'm okay with. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where they say, hey, if you find a buyer, I would sell, but this is my price. And really that indicator, if they're below a five cap in this market, that indicator to me is I'm really happy with what I have. If something better came along, I would consider it, but I'm pretty happy with what I have. Mm -hmm. So I just add them to my silent list at that point. And when a buyer approaches me, I have had situations where buyers are in a 1031 exchange. They're in their last two to three days. Maybe they're property that they were pursuing fell apart or something came up in the due diligence and they've got two to three days to identify or they cut a big check to the government. Oh boy. And so in a situation like that, it may make sense to buy something at a four and a half percent cap rate, but market cap rates are really between five and five and a half percent. Cause at that point 
you can get cheap money at 4.25. You're buying at a five and a half cap rate, and there's still opportunity to make money on those properties. Okay. So you've crunched a little bit of the numbers. What's the next step? Then at that point, what I also do is I do an analysis for the location and the demographics. So is it in a good location? Are you going to be able to attract quality tenants and retain quality tenants? Is that property going to appreciate? Yes. That's exactly what I look at is what's the opportunity for the market? Is it in an established neighborhood or is it right on the fringe of a changing neighborhood where maybe it's a little industrial or a little rough? You know, your tenant's pool is going to change continually if you're on that fringe. And that, of course, makes a difference in the cap rate. If you're in on 12th and Main or, you know, corner of Main and Main, sure. you're going to be able to get a 5% cap rate. If you're in an outlying area and you're in that kind of fringe changing neighborhood, you're probably looking at a 6 to 6.25 cap rate. Mm. And that's just one of those things that it takes years of experience to learn and to know how to price it and where the most probable sales price is. And that really, in my opinion, is what I have to offer to clients. I do a deep dive analysis that generates a 14-page report for someone that will show them how their property is performing. It shows the income through an analysis standpoint. It gives them the most probable sales price, and then it also shows them the opportunity that's available to them, as well as any risk and exposure. And I put that together in a 14-page report, and it's really designed to help people that are debating about, should I sell my apartment complex in Eugene? You can give me a call. I can run that analysis and then walk you through it and say, okay, here's how your property is performing compared to other properties in the market. Here's your most probable sales price. Here's three other properties that are like and similar that have sold in the last six months. Here's how long it'll take us to probably get an offer. Most of that happens within 30 days. When I put the word out and we start advertising it, we will typically get an offer. If it's priced right, we often will get an offer within just a few days. And then we know within 30 days, because at that point, the buyer has completed their due diligence. We know if that deal is going to stick together or not. It's pretty exact science here. It is. It (laughs) is. What's the next step? Really, at that point, then I give the analysis to the client and walk them through it. And I really ask them to make a gut check, make sure that this fits what they want to do. And of course, then we also look at where will they go? Are they going to do a 1031 exchange? Mm -hmm. Do they want to buy up and buy more units? Do they want to go to a different location? Do they want to go out of state? So that's also part of my analysis is what does a seller want to do? Frankly, what I'm seeing for a lot of people, they're just deciding that it's the right time to sell and take the cash and move on. Some people are putting their money into municipal bonds because they're tax-free and they're just steady Eddie to get a paycheck in the mail. Other people are buying triple net commercial property where the tenant is responsible for those three triple net things, which are the taxes, the insurance, and the maintenance. And that really just gives that owner peace of mind that they can segue or 1031 exchange out of multifamily. They go into commercial property and the tenant is going to take care of the maintenance of the property and the taxes and the insurance. So that seller will, when they own that property, they're just going to get a check in the mail. I've got a client right now that owns a small portfolio. So they own an eightplex and a series of duplexes, and they're going to 1031 exchange out of those properties 
and they're going to go into a single tenant, a single asset that has a national tenant in it. And that tenant is responsible for everything, taxes, insurance, and maintenance. So it's like a retail business or something? It is a retail business. Okay. So it's Dollar General. Okay. And my clients are going to buy a Dollar General. It has a brand new 15-year corporate guaranteed lease on it. And for my clients, it's peace of mind. Mm -hmm. They're just going to get a check in the mail for the next 15 years. That's nice. And they don't have to do anything. It's turnkey. Dollar General doesn't even want you on the property to pick up a popsicle wrapper. (laughs) They specifically ask owners, do not come to our site. I mean, you can visit, but you know, they don't want you showing up with a tool belt saying, hey, I'm here to fix the roof. (laughs) I'm here for the gutters. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. That'd be a great situation to be in as as an owner. Yeah. So for an owner who has literally rolled up their sleeves and painted and screened tenants and mowed lawns and cleaned out gutters and done all that hard, heavy lifting over the years, a lot of those owners are starting to age and they just, they need retirement, they need ease of management, and they need that steady, dependable income that their properties have generated for them. After going through the whole process, that's kind of a little light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, okay, there we go. Dollar General, (laughs) we're coming your way. Yes, yes. And you know, frankly, that's the reason that I do that deep dive analysis for my clients. You know, they give me the information and then I become like the mad scientist behind the curtain from (laughs) Wizard of Oz, where I'm just over there crunching numbers and digging through the information twofold, because I want my clients to understand how their property has performed up to this point, and then more importantly, where they're going. Mm -hmm. What's the light at the end of the tunnel for them? We need people like you, because most of us, (laughs) to be honest, we don't like doing that kind of stuff, so you're vital. And I love that. I get up every morning, eat cereal, and think, how many numbers (laughs) do I get to crunch today? (laughs) If people are wanting to sell or buy or what have you, if they want to get in touch with you, how can they do so? The best way is to call me at 541-912-6583, or you can go to my website, which is eugene-commercial.com. Renee, thank you so much. Thanks, Barry. You can tell Renee's got a real passion for what she does. Once again, the phone number is 541-912-6583, or go to the website, eugene-commercial.com. Thanks for listening.